Welcome to Writer Syndrome, a podcast about writing from start to finish. This episode's topic, building characters, or maybe how not to build them, or maybe ways to build them better. I don't know. Uh, I'm Russ Capasso, and joining me as always is Tim Letney. Tim, how do you feel about your characters? I'm going right into it. I'm diving right in. Well, right in. I don't know if I'm ready. Uh, you know, I love are, them. I, how are I you? I love them now. <laughs> I am good, and good. also I love my characters, but I did a ton of things wrong, and um, I think this is a, a good topic to dive into. I was doing... Doing a little little pre-plan, a little research here. And first thing was like, I just Google search, building a character for a novel. I've done this many times uh, through the process. And there is a million resources, I think, out there. A lot of them will end up saying kind of the same thing. You'll get a lot of repeating kind of information. Some things I think will stick with you better. I've read books from Cam Weiland. She does some great job about like setting and character arcs and stuff like this. And she has her own spin on it that's helpful. Um, she's an author who writes a lot of, you know, how-to books for writing. Um, there's a ton of books out there. There's lots of articles out there. There are templates out there for you to download to have your bio, your height, and all this sort of stuff and those details. I think we're we're gonna kind of stray away from that because there's so much information out there. We'll probably touch on some of the things that are important as we're talking about this, but I'm thinking that we go into, what did we do wrong? Any regrets uh, halfway through the story? So when you started, you used the snowflake method, right? And did, did. that have a character piece in yes. it or was it? It did. It did. And, yeah. and was that in line with the research you're doing now or was that something different? No, I mean, it, it, it's in line. Um, similar thing. I mean, that again, that approaches the snowflake. So building upon one little piece and then building and building and building until like, you know, you get a full f- fleshed out character. But for me, it was like too much planning and a little overwhelming. Um, mm. And I, I mean, it was good for here's your character profile, you know, come up with some basic motivations, you know the wants, the needs, the external, internal kind of arcs that they have. And then it was just like write a short one page uh, of the story from this character's POV. And I thought that was really helpful. I thought that was helpful. And then that's kind of where I left it. And then it got into like the next layer was like, okay, create all this backstory. Here's a, here's a, here's a sheet for you to fill out how tall they are, their eye color and all this sort of stuff. And I was just like, okay, important, but it felt a little overwhelming. I think to get started. So yeah, I know when um you had sent that resource along, I had started right, and then not only was I a bit overwhelmed, I had gotten really antsy. You know, yeah. it was like I'm doing all this planning, and I really want to dive in, and yep. um I probably should have been a little more patient with it, but I was so eager to like start creating, I just didn't sit at that moment, and I think because of that, the way some sometimes like the way my characters look or the way they talk or the decisions they end up making they changed yeah. honestly th- through rewrites because they weren't as fully formed as they probably could have been from the onset but i still think there is value in finding and kind of like building and rebuilding your character but we can get there when we yeah. talk about rewriting and motivations for your characters uh, you've got a you got a handful as 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 do i how much how much up like for upfront time did you spend with them and and was it different per character like the ones that maybe were more important interesting like my main character i mean my first question was right like i mean your main character needs to change in fact like all your characters need to change so like what is their why do they need to change and what are they changing towards so i spent a fair amount of time with the mains so like but with my b characters like those backstories you're talking about i found those while writing like i didn't come in with them and in a way i think the world that i was writing inside really informed the flashbacks that end up happening like i didn't have those canned that's kind of the moment took me And, and in fact i can even say the same thing with my mains like i knew who they were but it really wasn't until subsequent drafts 
that I was able to comfortably dive into their backstories a little bit in a way that it made sense. And I don't know, I mean, maybe it's something that I I had done wrong, I'm not sure, but I don't know if I could have done that without getting to know them through the entire writing process. Um, So in a way, I mean, I found the characters who they ended up being through bringing them through this the story because sometimes they surprised me. They made decisions that went, that I had planned for them to make. They they totally, I know this sounds so ridiculous and so imaginary, but the characters became different iterations of themselves and went right when I thought they were going left, and you know, mm. you know, became more supportive when I thought they were going to be antagonists. And it was a really interesting process. And maybe, like I said, I don't know. It's my first go round. Maybe that's something that shouldn't be happening, but it felt very organic in a way and surprising because I mean, I feel like if I'm kind of surprised and the characters are changing, hopefully the reader will be too. But then it walks that line. Are they clear? And I think that's that's what I'm running into now as I'm on draft five. Some of the beta feedback I had gotten is character motivations. You know, the plotting is making sense, but is their motivation for them doing what they're doing makes sense? And it's a big question like yeah and I, I need to so even if i think it does i need to refine it to make sure it's very clear to the reader that i'm not just pantsing it like that there is a very deliberate arc and change here yeah it's kind of interesting too what you said between uh get into it a little bit but like the character motivations and and the plot sometimes you actually run into some logic <laughs> issues within the story itself right because if your character's motivations are a certain thing and the plot's just forcing them to something else that's one totally. thing but, but then you have a position of like well why would they even do this thing <laughs> you know it's like yeah that just I mean, destroys everything else <laughs> i mentioned in one of our podcasts before that i, I write towards these vignettes and sometimes the characters get there very organically and other times I'm kind of pushing them there. And I think that's where the motivation like conflict is coming in. Like my personal conflict, like it does not feel organic enough for the character to make that decision. And I can't just say, Oh, it's like a horror movie. The characters are making bad decisions. Like there needs to be logic at play. Even if it doesn't, even if it's not something the reader would necessarily do, they have to understand why this character I think would do it. And that's something I need to improve upon and that I'm currently working on in this draft. Kind of similar. I've got like three main characters, you know, that kind of drive uh, working and working through the, the the plot of my story. And uh, two of them, one was a kind of uh, my FBI guy there. He was, he was kind of, I would say it's, uh, not totally generic, but he, yeah, he was kind of a generic, you know, military establishment character, but I wanted to play him in a certain way uh, where he felt a little more neutral, but leaning towards and, and, you know, being an antagonist and which was kind of fun to play with, but probably a little tropey, which is fine. But my main, who is basically leading us through the story mm-hmm. was so hollow. So t- like, is there less than one dimension? I don't know. Zero dimensions. I don't know. He had, he was not interesting <laughs> at all. And the first two drafts, like I just couldn't find his footing. Uh, and then there was really like the, his motivations for doing things in this, the first two drafts were such garbage. And it was just like, <laughs> this is who cares? Like this doesn't, yeah. there's nothing here, uh, for, for this to, to happen. But then I had a secondary character, you know, Lilo, my, my hacker character, who was just a small bit part in the first couple drafts, but I had that character, her motivations, and goals from her backstory already kind of mapped on my head because I had planned to write other books for her. 
So yeah. she, that's why she felt the most flushed out for beta readers. They're like, this character is way more interesting. And I was like, oh, I wonder why. Because it's like, oh, I have, yeah. I have at the minimum, I've got a motivation. I've got a goal for her and her personality kind of outlined based on her motivations and goals and like what's happened to her. It's not like I wrote some crazy 15 page treatment about her and have this crazy bio of like, and she's five, seven, and all this sort of stuff. It's just like having the the basic benchmark of like what's her motivation and what are her goals and like her life and how does that impact like what she's trying to work towards was enough to just give her life on the page and i my main character elliot like i took me forever to find his and i finally did and gave him more of the heart of the story which i think makes him a little bit more interesting but uh, early on he was just stick figure <laughs> yeah i'll say like as, as a early beta reader for your piece um your lilo character just jumped off the page like really yeah. thank you really easy to visualize <laughs> and you just want to read more about that yeah. character and it's not that elliot i mean there's motivations like i think you had some character motivations for elliot your your mate not elliot is yeah. it elliot yeah, yeah, yeah. okay They're but flimsy. i wonder if I, yeah i mean i wonder if because you'd said you'd written the book in a, a first person pov at first right yes yeah. i wonder if elliot was like you know kind of an avatar for you in the moment and 100%. maybe you didn't have that that fleshed out background, but it's cool to see that yeah. with a little bit of planning, maybe like it provides some comfortability with with writing. I think with the and I, I'm going on the pantser side here, and I think we should a little you know caveat, a little caviar here. Dot dot dot. Everyone should take the own, their own approach, right? If you're like, there's so many resources out there, like here's a worksheet, fill this out, and I did that, and I was like, kind of felt like you. I was like, this feels like kind of overkill right now and some of these details i feel like i can fill in later there's it's definitely helpful to have some backstory like like basic info of like where they're from and some of those things that you can inject into the story to to you know have some weight to it but there are some details like i didn't come across it until i was halfway through the book or even through second or third revisions of some of these characters i was like oh this is something i'd be kind of a nice little touch like a great example for lilo like music halfway through like a second or third second or third draft there's a scene where she's working you know doing her thing doing her hacker thing and that's really hard to describe because there's nothing interesting really going on when someone's at a computer typing right so i was like well let me approach this from like how she's seeing the world around her she's a little anxious she's a little paranoid that's like a character trait but then it was like maybe what's what is she what's her i wouldn't say a tick but what's her thing that she maybe does in this moment to like distract herself so she can from that outside paranoia and focus on what she's doing and like, oh, she's got headphones on. And then I was like, well, what's she listening to? Like, what would this character listen to? And then I kind mm -hmm. of sent me down a rabbit hole. And then I was like, oh, I built this little past moment of her listening to this music with like her parents or her father or something. And it was like, oh, that's a nice little little nugget to to throw in there to kind of add some depth. So, but that wasn't found until like I think the second or third draft, at least third draft probably. So, so I think it's okay to like backfill some of those things as you're going. Yeah, through I mean, and I and definitely, I definitely backfilled. I mean, yeah. I I probably had two or three characters that I felt like were really fully formed. Yeah. And it wasn't my main. I didn't find my main um, until probably draft three. I mean, yeah. she was there, but like when it comes to like the punks that I was able to write about, like I feel like some of those characters were just so easy yeah. to write. They were just fun to write. The language was fun. Their clothing was fun. Their motivations were fun. Yeah. But yeah, as far as the main, it really took multiple drafts to be like okay and i don't know if that was my uncomfortability writing from a female pov i don't know if it's just because this was kind of a fish out of water 
story. Um, And like uh, that character is just less interesting by default because they're being introduced into a wider, more complicated world. So by definition, their world has to be a little simpler to start. Yeah. But what I'm getting from some beta readers is that the main character is unlikable. And that is the like the last thing <laughs> that I want to hear. Yeah. I, mean, I want I want her to be nuanced and you know, there's certain scenes where I, I kind of have like um like during All's Lost, I make them kind of unlikable intentionally so they can rise back up. Yeah. And I think it I made them too unlikable. <laughs> it's that and it's kind of interesting because my last round of beta readers, uh uh, it's gone out to like four or five people. Two of them right off the bat were like, I didn't like Elliot, your main character until a certain mm. point. And then there was like a specific, like it wasn't like they didn't like him. Like the, he was a jerk or something like this, just that eh, he couldn't attach to it. But there was a moment, like there was a particular moment for both the readers that they were like, Oh, this moment right here is where now he's got something there. That's a little more interesting to, to continue hearing what he's going to go through. So it, it's tough, man, because like with certain books, if you're organizing your book, you know, by chapter, by character POV, yeah. I mean, you know how it is. Like, you'll flip a page and it'll be like Joe's chapter. And you're like, oh, man, not Joe again. Yeah. Like, I got to read this whole <laughs> chapter to get back to a character I, I like. Yep. So, yeah. I, I, and I know I have a couple moments like that. So I need to look into it. Certainly influenced the pacing of my story because, you know, I, I Looking at the, which was very helpful, is having the scene breakdown and highlighting all the characters' point of views and seeing like, oh man, this character everyone loves is all grouped into like one section and then they disappear for a while. And I was like, okay. And I get feedback from editor and stuff like this being like, and even beta readers like, I want to get back to this character. They're way more interesting. I was like, okay. So that kind of shaped now, like changing the pacing of the story. Cause like my main character, he's important. He's still, he's important. And there's going to be a point where people will start to, get into him but speeding up that process to, to but your character motivations like haven't changed like your character was yeah. pretty fully formed from early on whether it was on the page or not i feel like you had notes about what that arc was going to be like what was important to that character what what they're driving towards uh elliot not so much well i really? did well i did but it was garbage and i scrapped it <laughs> it wasn't good uh and he just he just fell flat and it was just like this is boring i need to have something else here for him but yeah i did mm. i actually no i did i it's it's true i did have something for him um and i would say you know i've got a handful of you know secondary characters and whatnot and then you know, i had three that i had really envisioned in my head you know elliot my main character my fbi guy and then lilo um and i had i did the whole the spreadsheet stuff you know filling up the height and all this stuff but um yeah, for him, I had motivations and his goals, but they were just so flat. And I don't think I, I didn't figure it out until the second, third draft after hanging off to, you know, early beta readers and then actually learning about character development and like watching and actually studying the movies and the shows and the books that you like to read and why you're interested in those characters and seeing their motivations like, oh, okay, light bulb. I need to give them something else here. Mm-hmm. Um there is such a thing as like the static character who doesn't really change, but, and that could be just the characters kind of helping moving the plot along and all the other characters, the ones who are benefiting from this moment in the story from happening, but he it's needed rare. Some, he, he, I yeah. mean, there's like, it's like, it's a caviar example. There's Katniss Everdeen and the first hunger games, just the first one, I believe Yeah, where she's a static character who doesn't change. And that's a victory because the society that she's in is trying to force her to change. Yeah. Right? Which is kind of a, 
but then as you look across like the three book arc there is certain there's certainly change yeah yep. um but yeah i'd say it's it's few and far between i mean it's not satisfying really i mean you want your characters to go through some transformation and it needs to be and this was like a big hang up for me right your main character in theory the story and the plot should own like this has to be their story they're faded in a way mm -hmm. to, to go through this story they're the only one that can fix these problems or mm -hmm. you know have that type of, of metamorphosis that they need to happen by the end which is why i feel like sometimes act threes for me are Flat. not satisfying because yeah. it it does feel faded but um I, I do think it's also more enjoyable to read about a character you know whether their weaknesses turn out to be a hidden strength or yeah and i mean, and, I mean there are the the james bond characters there are the uh jack reacher characters that are just strictly there for like right we're we're, we're accomplishing the mission it's just all plot and then you move on but and sometimes uh, it's groany like i read some book where this like the opening scene was a woman swimming and then like somewhere in act three she used swimming as like her save the day to save the day more or less <laughs> It felt forced in a way yeah. and it felt telegraphed, which is tough. You know, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to do it. And I, I, and I wouldn't say, I think any character could have gone through that change. I don't even mm -hmm. think she went through much of a change really. Yeah. Like yeah. to me, that wasn't that satisfying of a book. Is there anything about your characters you discovered later on that you were like, oh, maybe if I had spent a little time earlier thinking about them, you know, it doesn't have to be everything. It could have just been like one or two things or maybe like uh maybe how they looked or maybe some personality type or something like that is there any aspect of the character you wished or had thought you maybe if i thought about this a little bit more before starting writing that would have kind of made this a little bit easier yeah definitely um especially with how they look and some of their act like and how they act and honestly yeah. i'm still going through the process like i feel like i've got a side character who's like a punk rock girl and um she looked completely different than she does now like completely 100 percent different um, she acted a lot different too. I actually gave her a nice little arc, but that arc was not present in the first draft of my book at yeah, all. Yeah. And then I've got my side character who's like a little, you know, eight-year-old boy. He needs work. Like I should have planned more and it's going to bite me. Like right now, as I'm coming into my fifth draft, I feel like, yeah, motivations need to be refined a little bit. Like I think the creature motivation needs to be refined. I think my main character motivation needs to be refined, but this character is still that kind of broad stroke archetypal trope yeah. character yep. and that's and they almost they're almost like a prop in a way like it's not it needs to be fixed yeah it needs to be fixed and i don't think anybody would necessarily notice because there's some kind of like sleight of hand and misdirection but i feel like there's a missed opportunity with that character that i'm not necessarily capitalizing and worse i'm using them to comment on like societal racism during the time period so then it feels doubly like oh yeah. i'm just using this character to say something but they're they're not really fully formed yet so yeah. had i gone into this and planned all my characters more sure i think i would have saved time now but i was so impatient i just wanted to jump in <laughs> i didn't think about this character until it was like until i was like chapter six sam and i was like hmm who's this guy yeah <laughs> <laughs> That's actually as my next question. Like, how many how many characters did you kind of discover along the way? Obviously, Sam was one of them. But was there any other ones that you're like, and and play a pretty big part as part of like the story and plot? For me, it was almost a reduction. I had a character reduction. I had too many characters. I did the same, <laughs> and then I just kind of refined it and like boiled them down to the ones who were going to get like an arc 
I'm trying to think that were any created. Yes. My, yes, my antagonists were created. Yeah. Isn't that bad? Yeah. Because like, <laughs> and that's probably why act three just feels like a Scooby-Doo episode <laughs> that I need to that's, fix. Mine did too. Mine did too. Cause you, I, you need, I needed to find who was going to be that the opposite, you know, the opposition, the, 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 the force against the protagonist and what they're trying to accomplish. And I, I tried to, my best to do that with my FBI character and it's gonna be a little bit of spoilers maybe, but and trying to have him be that that pressure, which I think works. And then it kind of opens up. But I would say off the bat, I think my the thing I will do next time is focus on my antagonist just as much as I focus on my my protagonist. Like I want them to I don't want them just to be like, ah, oh, they're the they're the evil villain. Ha ha ha. They got the bomb, you know? Like I want to give them as much time and effort as I do my protagonist before I even start writing. Um, at least having those two, because like having that opposition kind of really, I think in mind, uh, would be unbelievably helpful, especially for a third act. So I didn't know with mine. So I, I jumped in as a creature feature, right. That kind of points the blame at like the industries of the time and, and the government a little bit, but never did I expect those players to be characters in the book really. Because it was like a survival story in a way. It wasn't like yeah. I didn't want one person to be behind, and I still don't. I didn't want like the Scooby Doo face reveal. Like, and this yeah. it was this person the whole time, and like yep. oh, we we got him. The story's over. The the evil is vanquished. Right, right. Um, yet through I think once again I started writing before I I, I had a broad outline, but I was not following the beats, and then um, when I got about halfway through, I started like filling in the beats, and that's kind of when it started taking this very typical shape where there is like an act three raiding the castle bad mm -hmm. guy. Yep. And it's not satisfying. It's not satisfying. It was almost a bandaid for like a, how do we end this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so those characters, I mean, one I think is okay. My guy Bowman character is fine. Like I flushed him out. I gave him backstory, but I also have like another like general trope character. Yep. He just stinks. Just absolutely stinks. <laughs> I don't Hot think he's as bad as you. I don't think he's as bad as you think. But he needs a little TLC. He needs a little more. He needs. Yeah, a little more needs to be like completely shaping. removed in a way, or or expanded a little bit. Because it is completely um, fine to have the you know the the final thing. You know, I mean, the Martian's a good example of man versus nature. Like that's that I mean, nature can be the antagonist, the opposing force there. Someone's trying to survive. So. Um, might not necessarily need to force him to feel like the bad guy. Yeah, I'd rather have him be like an example of uniformity and like a loss of individuality I was as opposed say a loss to of, somebody. A loss of humanity of some sort. Yeah. Just, yeah, 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 as opposed to like a puppet master, you know, when yeah. I kind of threw yeah. in some ridiculous biblical, you know, <laughs> xenophobia, like Lovecraftian doubt. garbage. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, and this needs to be edited out. Right. But luckily, that's like, it's, I mean, for better and worse. Since it wasn't wildly planned, that thread doesn't infect the whole book. It's really just like <laughs> yeah. a couple, maybe like a couple thousand words out of 118,000. So it, it can turn, I, I think it's very fixable. It just needs to be fixed. Did you find um, kind of like the look and if there was details you came across your characters later on, maybe beliefs or something, maybe you didn't think about it before you get to this moment and you're like, oh, maybe I should insert this here. Did you feel like you needed to go back and like, reference that in any shape or form or like yeah i, I mean, doesn't feel like it's out of out of the blue right it's like oh he all of a sudden just believes this and it's like maybe did you have to go back and trickle some stuff into to, to that get to that point yeah i definitely did i definitely did especially with um 
one of the punk characters who kind of goes through life is like a user using people and bartering people and trading things. And I ended up sprinkling that throughout. Yeah. Uh, same thing with like, um, I've got like a, who like would have been a, a male lead um, if this book was like written in the 80s or 90s. And I have him make some terrible decisions. And uh, through beta reading, folks were like, well, that was out of right field or left field. Yeah. And um, so I went back and I sprinkled some stuff and that still needs a little work. That's another one of those motivations where yeah. I need to. How about you? Did you go back and kind of retrofit character motivations and arcs? Definitely my main. <laughs> I mean, he kind of got his whole arc and his whole uh, central uh, motivation and everything changed in like the second or third draft. So I definitely was kind of making those tweaks throughout. I would say my FBI character there, Agent Agent Blackwell, He, um, I found I needed to lean a little bit heavier into his neutralness slash he might be the antagonist here. Um, I had to kind of lean on a little bit heavier in like earlier chapters and just based on who he is and describing him and I spent a little more time with him. So interesting, one of my secondary characters, Jake, who is, you know, Elliot's best buddy there, right? He's kind of like the the support character. Uh, he was, again, like zero dimensional. <laughs> he was, you know, stick figure, kind of just there to provide like a sounding board for Elliot to talk to and just like a friendship thing. I don't think I found him in his voice until like uh, fifth draft, like after I went to the editor and it was wow. mostly feedback from, from her saying like, you have these moments of just kind of summary information dump here. She's like, maybe you should make this a little more dynamic, like have the characters talk through it and, and discover this information together. And when I rewrote this one scene, I think I've talked about this before, I rewrote this one scene and the two of them, and I was like, oh, how do friends interact? And I was like, this is... Well, you actually, you had mentioned that your mom had given you that, yeah, actually, bit, of, yeah. that, that bit of advice. <laughs> yes. Technically, my mom gave me this, this bit of advice first, and then the editor confirmed it. And then I rewrote this one scene, and all of a sudden, I found his supporting character voice. And it's like, oh, he's he's way more interesting now. And like, it's, you know, it's just, he's got it. He has a voice, and it stands out from everyone else. Um, so that was something I didn't find until later. So then I found myself going back through the revisions and trying to just not go too heavy on it, but just throw in bits of more of his personality and other conversations. So just so it felt consistent throughout. That's um, nice. Because there was definitely moments of like early on, I was like, oh, this is leftover from draft two where he's like, I don't know, Elliot, what should we do? And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> that's stupid. Let's, let's, what would be the conversation the two of them would have, right? And then it became really, really fun to write. But yeah, that was probably one of the, the bigger ones to make sure was consistent, even all the way through to the end, because he's involved from like start to finish. So, so summarize, I feel like it's good to plan, yes, but impossible to plan everything. I agree. So it's okay to kind of find more dimensions of these characters and your subsequent rewrites and drafts. Um, I, I think mean, it's going to happen too. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, there's something that I definitely couldn't have planned, right? You can plan for your characters. Yeah. But I don't know how you plan how your characters will interact in that moment. I feel like you need to be mentally in that. I have like some car scenes and some music scenes and some kind of camaraderie and conflict. And yeah, I think I can say like they drive, but as far as finding that emotion in that moment, I had to find it through like the creation process. And then it feels organic in a way to me. Yep. Yeah. Because um, it didn't necessarily exist. Like I go on like conversational tangents in a way because it's just these characters getting to know each other adds dimensions to all of them in a way yeah uh, and the world so i don't know how you plan for that without going through i think i'm okay with i'm going to take a, a step back and hey again this whatever works for anyone else you know if you works for you to have like a 
complete character profile and have every detail line, have their social economical standing and their hobbies and their preferences. And if they like pizza with pickles or not, which is disgusting, by the way, um, <laughs> go, go ahead and do that. Uh, I tried it. I've tried it a couple of times and I still get hung up on some things. And I agree, like, you know, in this, in this situation, like I think coming out of the gate, I would focus on like basic motivations and goals that interact with the plot and like, what do they want and what do they need? I think those are like having those off the bat. Like, I think those are the key things. I mean, yes, you can just discover them later on hundred percent. But for me, I think I need to have those things outlined from the beginning. And then I thought was helpful and useful for me off the bat was writing like a quick one page, just the story from their point of view. And that kind of opened up some things for me and also just Mm. thinking about scenes and placing of, of where they might be at a certain moment um, kind of helps. So I think going forward, that's kind of where I'm just going to stick with and all the details and everything else. Like, yeah, sure. I've got a pretty good idea of how this character looks like what they wear. Um, but some of those things may change as like I get into it. So, um, but I think at the core having that and character yeah. names, Ooh, how did you do with character names? Sorry. Let's just shift into. I just want to say one, one thing real quick, just to reiterate too, because yeah. I think you're a hundred percent right there. I think there's like another kind of litmus test question you should ask is why is it this character's story mm. and if you find that you can take any of your other b characters and make it their story too then you need to do some more like character work on your main yeah because it shouldn't be they should be the only one that can lead this at least if we're talking about like your typical 15 beat structure yeah it shouldn't be copy pasta you know like because and i had that for mine too here and there i was like oh do you know like some of like the beta questions I had? Like, did you know whose story it was? And it was like, well, I'm pretty sure it's this person's, <laughs> yeah. but it could have also been this person's. And I was like, okay, <laughs> well then I should fix that. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> to kind of add to that as well is don't just create characters just to create them to have a thing happen. I I definitely did that early on, and uh, I came to a scene. I was like, what is this scene? What are they? can I can I merge them into somewhere else or does the scene even need to happen being aware of that at least because it'll be so much more work down the road oh man that 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 strikes me to my oh, core because I've got this like third act exposition scene these characters just exist to like <laughs> be like an exposition dump and I'm like you don't you're not even people even though like they're like not they're like they're they, I don't know they would have been extras right in a yeah. movie yep but they're even worse in this because it's just like they're like Gary Oldman and Batman Begins, you know, it's like, oh, when the train gets here, yeah, <laughs> all the gas is going to go off and the fear toxin is going to, it's like they just are divulging yeah. information because I didn't do a good enough job teasing it out. I did the same thing. I had, I mean, I had the same thing. I had characters just existing for like, just to, to deliver some bit of information. And they're like, here's this bit of information. I hope that helps later on in the story. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I mean, I feel like there's ways to deal with that. Like if it's your character intuiting or noticing something as opposed to you just having yeah. somebody delivering a piece of <laughs> Yes. How did you do with the character names? So I cheated. I always cheat. So what I do is I, <laughs> I mean, mine's a period piece, right? So mine takes yeah. place in the late, late, late 70s. It's kind of punk era, disco era. So I just Googled, you know, the most popular baby names of like the 50s and 60s. Think that's and then cheating. I like scrolled down yeah. 30 or so. I just kind of looked for ones that like, it's so kind of biased in a way that I thought kind of phonetically had some punch to them that I could see. Yeah. So, so it's time and date accurate. And 
yet not super, super common. Yeah. I actually, I like all of my characters. Well, except for like one of them. I, I like most of my character names. And then I got to play a little bit with punk names. Yeah. And um, not that I was a punk when I was growing up in the, in the 90s, but I had some friends who I like identified in that way. And they had little punk names like 13, like numbers were yeah, yeah. popular or, you know, gutter or something. So like being able to play with that and ha- like having a character named Buttons, you know, just the nicknames you get or having a yeah. character named, I have like seven because his name was like Steven or something. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, it was fun to play with that. I don't know how I found it. It was just kind of through the creation process. Those were early on though. I did, those didn't change at all. Mine definitely did, but, and I think it's, it's kind of interesting because like character names, like oh, character names, but it's pretty important because like thinking about how that ties their personality, like a nickname is great. Like in buttons, there's a reason, you know, like he's got, doesn't he have, he's got like flair on him, right? Like the buttons and stuff like this. Like, yeah. So it's like, yep. it, it ties perfectly and kind of nice to his character and who he is and what he is. And like that nickname. Um, and then yeah, Judy's I mean, from a punk song. It's like a Ramon song, which yeah. I think was accidental. And I was yep. like, Oh, wait a minute. Like, cause I thought it was like Sheila. Sheila is a punk rocker. And I think that's one song, but there's also Judy is a punk, which yeah. is, um and, and then in retrospect like a, my first line is like judy was not a punk you know it's so i mean it, it was certainly yeah i guess media that in, informed that that choice it's kind of fun mine were a mix of depending on which character was like my main character is a mashup of two of my favorite characters from two of my favorite movies and tv shows so i took a last name from one and a first name from another and put them together um Lilo is actually, I don't know, I feel like this is like inside behind the scenes stuff, but. How the sausage is made. Yeah, but uh, like Lilo, that was fun because that was just like a, a short for uh, like a technical term for, I just like took two words and shortened them up. And I was like, oh, that's kind of fun. Um, and then other characters, honestly, were just like a mashup of like old coworkers names and name generator on the internet. <laughs> Where'd you get Blackwell from? Because it's like such a good name. It's a hockey player. <laughs> No way, really? <laughs> slash of, uh, yeah, old coworker of mine, slash ah, name. Such a phenomenal name. It's so visual. Uh, and then, yeah, just doing that. And then, you know. And mysterious, right? Like if yes. you're like visually like picturing like a bottomless well made of stone, and you're like, who is this guy? Like what yeah. are his motivations? You know, where does he fall? Any character names for you that changed? Uh, yeah, my main character, <laughs> he was, he was such a, ugh. <laughs> he was like a, <laughs> lump of turd clay just tossed <laughs> toss through a plot hallway his his name changed i didn't i just didn't like the the, the, the it just didn't work i didn't like it uh first name and i wanted something that stood out a little bit more and well, can you share what it was it was just ben yeah it's okay so i was like eh, this doesn't feel like this character and it just was like i know too many bens already in my life and i was like i don't need to name the character after people that i know and then you in your head you you all of a sudden start visualizing, you get kind of t- stuffed like visualizing those people that you may maybe know. So like be cautious of that. So it's like, that's not who this character is. So not that it's a bad thing, but it could be depending on who it is. So but yeah, their, their name changed because I just needed to have it be something that was different. I think I would lean on making sure I'm pretty solid in, in the name before I get into writing because mm-hmm. uh, changing names when, once you are like through a first draft, it's kind of a nightmare. So yeah, I'd be, if there's one tip I would give from a mistake I made is my main character changing his name through the second or third draft was like, this is an absolute nightmare. And his name is still showing up in the wrong spots. I would beta readers being like, who is this name? I'm assuming it's this. I'm like, that happened to me with my, one of my uh, crummy side characters. I had like a Ray Ron issue and it's like, who's yeah. this character? Let's go. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, make sure that the, the a good tip. I this is a screenwriting tip. I mean, it's a novel tip too, right? For character names, making sure all your characters the first letter of all their names is different, so it has some separation. Ah, uh, uh, smart. Um, making sure they're not same number of letters and very closely spelled. Well, we're getting there. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's everything about characters. I mean, we divulged all the mistakes we made, so don't make those mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> Be better. <laughs> Uh, and there's tons of resources where to, to, to like, just get into building characters and find whichever works for you. Cause like, I don't know, I, I'm going to, I'm leaning more towards a pants or planner thing for my characters, I think now. So, yeah, but there's some uh, key things. So I think there's a little bit of correlation between, you know, our chat now and our chat about the right, what, you know, hmm. and I think we need to be very, I think it's okay to give your characters aspects of yourself. Mm. You know, memories from your past hopes, you know, dreams, whatever. But I, I, I would caution, I think, you know, who am I? But I, I would caution against making the character you. <laughs> Don't yeah. make the, the main character 100% you. Because we have an opportunity to, you know, be so much more. Not to say that you're not interesting, but oh, thanks. you kind of started to make. Like you're like Elliot and Ben at that point was kind of an avatar for yourself. Oh, he totally was. And that's why he was boring. I mean, I'm pretty interesting, but that's, uh, he was boring. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually a very interesting guy, but they, he was boring. <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm not this boring, am I? <laughs> yeah. Because I, I, I understand that, not to get to like overly like ethereal or something here, that mm. writing is, you know, a, a bid in a way for like, obviously recognition, I would say symbolic immortality, that, that our words can live longer, like yeah. beyond us. So I, I can understand how it would be tempting to immortalize yes. your own personal experience, which I think is okay if it is equitably distributed across your characters. Yeah. Um, but if it's just you are the main character, I feel like it'll be harder for a reader to relate to because there's a pretty big difference between, you know, our stories and a character's stories. They're really just slices of people in a way with really limited arcs. Yeah. Life is much, much more complicated and does not fit into a three act structure. I mean, there's yeah. three acts, but they don't end the way yeah. we want them to. <laughs> and we are not the only ones that can live that story, you know. Taking bits and pieces from other people that you know and, and listening to conversations and stuff like mm. this uh, definitely helps shape them. But yeah, I mean, at that point, if you're just doing it about yourself, you're in a memoir, which who wants to read a memoir unless you're not so, in my life. <laughs> no offense to myself. Yeah. I don't know. I think that, uh, does that cover for now? You know, until I solve my character motivation issues, we'll see. Always have still more to learn. I'm going to, I think my, my second go around of, of, uh, I can already, I already feel better about my, uh, book two characters thinking about what their motivations are and spending some time really with my antagonists. Like that's what I'm actually doing yeah. right now is just like, uh, and I got some ideas the other day. I was like, uh, just because I was rereading some of the world description I was I was working through. And I was like, light bulb moment. Yes, I got some good. Making them just as important because it will pay off so much uh, towards the end. So, And like, even if your characters aren't likable, you need to build characters you like because you're going to spend so much time, <laughs> like so much time. Like I, I love 90% of my characters. And, you know, and I know it will be hard to say goodbye mm -hmm. when when I'm done working on this to move on to the next batch. But there's a couple characters that I don't like writing, mm -hmm. and I'm guessing that makes them not fun to read. So the vast yeah. majority and like the collisions that are happening, the conversations, like I love it. I, I love what's happening. And then there's like a couple kind of plotty characters that they're a slog, like, and they need to be fixed. But yeah, that, that's if, a great point. I would say like your characters because you're stuck with them for a while. 
even if they're supposed to be bad and you you and unlikable, but make sure yeah, you love, like love to hate love, them, <laughs> love to hate them, you know. Yeah, make no, them, I, yeah, make them fun to write. I I hundred percent agree with that one because that uh, that was my problem with my main is I didn't really like writing for him and I was like let's just get to someone else who's more interesting and I was like why don't man, I mean, if you don't if you don't want to spend time with these people. Who is going to want to spend time with these people? <laughs> then I was like, wait, is this guy like me? Who wants to spend time with me? Oh, no. Oh, but I want to spend time with you. <laughs> All right. So uh, that's that's good. That's good stuff. Uh, do you, are you, have you read, have you finished reading anything? Are you reading anything? What are you reading? Nothing. Nah, I'm still stuck on the last stuff. I'm still yeah. barreling through. And as far as watching, I watched all the Scream movies again recently. Wow. Isn't there like 17 of them or now or something? Uh, there is six, five, six. There's five and the sixth one comes out soon. How about you? You reading, watching anything? Man, I'm still uh, working through the Magpie Murders, which has been pretty good. It's getting better. It's kind of, I guess there is a moment where it's kind of getting, It's. I don't. this isn't spoilers because it's literally in the back of from some review quote, but it's like getting very meta where I think someone is writing the book is writing the book or I don't know. Uh, there's some hints at some interesting moments where like, yeah, and if you remember back in book, blah, blah, blah about this character, I was like, Wait, did they just reference another book about this character in this book? Huh. And they tease it and it happened very early on. I was like, that's a weird thing to say. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like I was like, you piqued my interest. Uh so I'm like halfway through that. It's it's uh still very interesting. Very I get the Christy kind of uh, murder mystery type thing going on. Probably isn't worth mentioning too too much yet, but I'll just say it. I, yeah. I did start the Broken Earth trilogy. Hmm. You weren't kidding. It is hard to get into. Yep. <laughs> I'm on like I'm on like page five and I'm like, nah, I'm good. I'm good. Just I can't I don't these are all gobbledygook it. made up words. <laughs> I don't know it. what you're talking. I can't picture anything. Is it the future? Am I am I in space? Is it underground? I, I mean, I'm going to stick with it. But stick geez, it. Louise, they're asking for a lot in the beginning. Yeah, yeah it lot. doesn't. You don't. You don't get all of that until later on. And some stuff you still may not get. But it's it's also uh, stick with it. I'm going to try. But geez, Louise, man. All right, well, that's our episode. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. If you enjoyed it, pass along to someone who you think might also enjoy it. I could wordsmith that better next time. If you have a topic idea or any, <laughs> or any feedback, you can find us on Twitter still, we believe, I think. Tim does that, writer underscore syndrome. He'll respond to you. I used to do it. But you can find us there, writer underscore syndrome, or head over to the website, writersyndrome.com. Find all of our other episodes and other contact info. And that's it. So join us next episode where we're going to be talking about when to let go of your artistic masterpiece. Yeah. When is enough enough? When is enough en <laughs> <laughs> enough already? I don't want to have any more. I'm, I'm done. Done with these characters. You're done. So until we both figure that out, until next time, <laughs> keep writing. Bye.